Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Arabell. Hi there, welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, April 8, 2019. I am indeed Eric. He is indeed Tristan. Daniel Dot pushes all the right buttons while underrated Kyle Soppy compiles and reads our hash browns. He is our Marwin. On today's show, weekend stars and strugglers, the latest injuries, combo meals and closers. Starting pitchers to watch for the next few days. And, of course, as always, myriad hash browns. Tristan, I hope you had a nice weekend. The weather's warm here in the Northeast. That's good for baseball. I can't believe it. It's warm. Ah, it's wonderful. Of course, we're bummed because there's not a great Vampire League update. We lost. Oh! We did. um, But we tried. And, by the way, both matchups were really close. I mean, you lost by only 20 in a points league which is incredibly close. If you had just played Jock Peterson. Oh, and, don't um... remind me. You're rubbing it in. <laughs> oh, I hey, At least I outscored four teams, including the one that I'm playing this coming week. <laughs> I ended up... Um, so I lost 7-3, but it's not like a win or a loss. It's they keep they keep the, the score. So I'm 3-7, three, 3-7 seven, three seven right now. I could have gone 5-5. Five and five. It was really close. And the guy that beat me, he deserved it. He had a, has a better team. And he kept tweeting about it. It was fun. I I think we did a, a nice thing. This was fun to do. Maybe I'll get a win this week. I've already got a trade offer for, for Fernando Tatis from a guy we both know pretty well. Um, and i got to say no because I love Fernando Tatis. I don't know what he's going to do. But this is the promise of it being so great. i got to keep him around. Anyway, lots of news to get to. Here is the buzz. All right, let's talk about the, the top performers over the last week or two. The number one guy is Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers, who has more home runs than strikeouts so far. We saw him last night on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball at Coors Field. Uh, it's a lot of home runs, a lot of runs batted in. We saw Bellinger as a rookie hit 39 home runs, and last year he wasn't quite as good. Is What Bellinger are we seeing now? And, and would you change how you view him for the totality of the season? So one thing I did notice in him last year was that he was trying not to go all out for power and selling out the batting average, which when I was building the projections in the preseason, expected a better batting average and fewer home runs. So the fact that he's hitting for this kind of power is a very welcome development. It means maybe the adjustments he made are really paying big dividends. There's no way he can keep up these base numbers. I think everybody, I would hope everybody realizes that, but I, I like what I've seen. And I, I do think those seeds that were planted at the end of last season and even in what was an overall poor year, could make him a, a major, major breakthrough and a huge uh, draft day bargain. Let me ask you this. How many teams, when you're, when, you're, when you're doing your schedule for the week, all these teams, I have too many teams. It's just taking me way too long to get all my lineups in. But when you're getting your lineups in, do you look at the, obviously we look at the Dodgers and we say, now that's an offense I want to avoid. If somebody's facing them, I want to try to avoid the pitcher, unless it's like, you know, Chris Sale or Verlin or somebody like that. But if it's Zach Davies, I'm sitting them. Any other offenses? Is the Phillies that offense? Is Boston? Any other offenses where you say, I'm sitting that marginal pitcher? Yeah, see, Boston kind of does scare me on paper. I, I think that people are going to, 
uh, buy into the fact that they had a poor road trip to start the season and think it's time to start guys against the Red Sox. By the way, also five games for the Red Sox this week. It's a short schedule. So I think there's going to be this artificial perception that they are now not a scary matchup. I still think they're awfully terrifying. I am also trying to, as you said, the Phillies. I am trying to avoid that offense wherever I possibly can. Um, Beyond that, I have enough questions about all the others that I wouldn't scratch them from at the Yankees. I mean, with the injuries, the offense isn't quite as scary as it, as it used to be. In that stadium, based on who the individual pitcher is, I might uh, try to avoid them wherever possible. The Diamondbacks have hit pretty decently to start the year in their own ballpark or if it's in cores. I might uh, look at who the individual is as well. What about Seattle? They lead the league in runs. They played more games, but they're scoring plenty of runs. Is Seattle a scary offense where you say, oh, I don't want to use Carlos Rodon against them or not? I don't know that I'd characterize them as scary, but I would say that they are, and they were in the preseason, and I think this was a mistake on most everybody's part. They're not one of the worst offenses in the game. There actually are some very interesting pieces in this offense, and they do have the two speedsters that can wreak havoc on the base pads so that they're not one of the five worst. They're not one of the guys you want to, or the teams that you want to instantly stream against. I would say that they're more like in the 10 to 15, the 10th to 15th best uh, for opposing pitchers. All right, let's talk about your catcher, Gary Sanchez. He had three home runs on Sunday. He's off to a nice start. Not a lot of hits, but a lot of power. Is it because he had faced bad pitching? He, he faced Baltimore on Sunday. And I, I think it's worth saying that's a terrible pitching staff. So is Gary Sanchez back? Or if you've got Sanchez in a league, whether it's a standard or a deeper one, is now the time to trade him away? Because, remember, last year he didn't hit his weight. We know he has power, but if he's going to bat under 200, we don't want him especially if you can pick up, like, Williams Astadio, who I love, just sitting there on free agency. Would you consider trading Sanchez right now if the offer is good? Yeah, if the offer is good, there's pads to filling his... You mentioned Astadio. That's the first guy I go to. Uh, added him in the Vampire League, and there was a reason for it. I think that in the shallow mixed leagues, it's worth trying to get one of the less expensive catchers and just trying to make that position work. I would say for the most part, for the majority of fantasy owners, uh, I would not trade Gary Sanchez, just because I think that the benefit he provides you compared to replacement is not worth taking that risk. Obviously, the offer is going to drive that decision. It's just very clearly, it's the offer. If you're getting paid a ton, okay, do it. Otherwise, I'm standing pat. I'm seeking out trade offers. It depends when I get back, but I'm seeking out offers right give me, now. Give me a name. Give me a name of a guy you want for him. I have no idea. Well, look, if we do you view him as a top 100 player now? I mean, would you trade him for either Moustakas or Travis Shaw? I mean, it depends on what the other catcher is, too, that you're going to use. Say it's Astadio or Austin Barnes. If I can trade Gary Sanchez for another basically top 100 player and pick up Astadio or Austin Barnes or Alfaro, I'm doing it. But for for Shaw or Mustakis, I think you are trading down. I do think he's top 100. I felt he was probably top 100 coming into the year. I feel much firmer about that. And I think neither of those two players are guaranteed top 100 players. I'd want to be improving. Uh, last guy here, Yohan Moncada, stays hot, uh, knocking in runs. He's not striking out at a at a high rate, not like last year. I foolishly cut him in the expert league that I shouldn't have um, to replace him with Joey Wendell. It's not a straight fantasy. But still, Moncada, do you believe or do you need to see more? Mm, believe-ish, kind of like when we talked about him the other day. <laughs> I, I feel like there there's something there. But there, there's no first week return that's going to make me soar a guy up 50 spots in my rankings. I'm not that optimistic about Yohan Moncada yet. But he's completely relevant in every format at this point. Moncada or Ryan Braun? Say it's your utility Moncada. Moncada. But they were Braun's off to a nice start. 
three home runs. He is 35, but he, he's uh, he's hitting. And he's hitting in the middle. When he plays, he bats like third or fourth for Milwaukee, right after Kane and Yelich. I, 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 you gave I would you agree. Gave I would take Monk. What? The qualifier. When he your, plays. Your qualifier okay. is one of the major reasons why it's Moncada. All right. Moncada should be more durable. How about, uh, I can't make, how about Moncada or Jorge Polanco? Polanco had a hit for the cycle in Philadelphia on Friday. And by the way, he had the 80 game suspension last year, but if you extrapolate his numbers, they were better than the year before. This is a potential, I think, 18 homer, 15 steel guy who bats 270. I don't know if Moncada's that, Tristan. I don't know that Mankata's that either. That's a, you know, when you put it that way, it's a, a very good point. I, I, that's why I try. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you twisted my brain in a pretzel there trying to, trying to answer this one. Uh, the gut tells me Mankata, but I, I absolutely see your point. I think there's a lot more safety game over game in Polanco. Uh, briefly with the injuries, also from Sunday Night Baseball, David Dahl, the Rockies outfitter, just can't stay healthy. Grabbed his oblique while striking out, and I, I immediately thought, that's it. We'll see him in a month. Um, Rymel Tapia should be the left fielder now. I don't know who else they would play. They're already using Mark Reynolds at first base with Ryan McMahon on the DL. Not a whole lot of options there for the Rockies, but they are at home this week. I would presume Dahl ends up on the injured list today. What are your thoughts on this? And do you want Tapia? Is he going to do anything to, to help fantasy owners? I, I think in the deeper leagues, Tapia is is worth a look. Uh, I don't think in our game he's going to get on to that radar. I, obviously, the core, core's games could drive that. We have the daily transactions, et cetera, et cetera. But he's the one who benefits. What would be interesting here is that if they didn't have so many injuries, Murphy is tying into this as well, they could consider either moving Garrett Hampson out to the outfield. That was one thing they dabbled with during spring training. I would have liked to have seen if that's the direction they'd go. Could open up some at-bats in the infield. McMahon could play. He's, I mean, obviously sideline himself now, but he could have gotten more opportunities. Brendan Rodgers could come into the conversation, and maybe that still happens. But right now, you know, like you said, it's probably Tapia just shuffling in. I doubt they call up Rodgers so soon, but if this was June, I bet they would. That's my feeling on Brandon Rodgers making his debut at second base. Oh, yeah, he can play left field, too. Right. Um, one other injury here of note. Uh, Carlos Martinez scheduled to throw off a mound this weekend. I do care. I, I think he has a better shot at saves than starts, but in a 10-team standard, I'm, a, I'm ignoring him. I am, too. I... <laughs> You know I like the guy a lot. He's got great stuff, and he did have some very good numbers over the past half decade or so. But this injury really does scare me, and the role, as you said. That that really what is what drives it home. I think they might really just ramp him up to be a reliever. They're already showing hints of that with Alex Reyes. They demoted him to the minors, and they're only going to use him in relief in the minors. So I, I think they're comfortable with locking guys into specific roles right now, and that's it for the duration. I worry about that with Martinez. After this, we'll talk about the closers, but first, getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person. SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB 
for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Because SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. The Closer Carousel. All right, Tristan. Um, so you and me were in the Office League auction uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was saving $2 for a closer that nobody seemed to want. And somebody else that we work with was also apparently saving $2. And he brought him up before me. And that closer has seven saves in the first 10 games. And the guy <laughs> that I got with those $2 was Milwaukee starting pitcher Corbin Burns, who has given up a lot of runs. So I'm not too pleased. <laughs> and by the way, that team of mine is a mess. It has... It has some of the worst starting pitchers so far, but guys you can't drop. Eduardo Rodriguez, Rick Porcello, um, Kyle Hendricks. I can't drop any of these guys. Oh, so wait. Ask Kyle about that. Porcello's name. Oh, I'm yeah, sure he would. Heard a drop he wouldn't have drafted him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, so we talked earlier about Gary Sanchez as being a sell-high guy. Shane Green is off to a tremendous start. He's not walking people. He's not giving up hits. No, he hasn't exactly faced great offenses either, but why can't Shane, and then we kept saying Shane Green was going to be bad again this year, but why can't he be good now? Why can't he have an ERA of like 330 or something with 35 saves? Well, 330 as an ERA is not good for a closer. So It's I, good for him. That's two that's two runs off of last year's ERA. Well, almost. it's good for him, but it's not good for a closer. So when we're putting him in context compared to the rest of his position, it's nothing to get excited about, but Look, I mean, the Tigers are playing very good baseball. He saved all of their wins. Their 7-3 and three is all of the saves in those games, and they're starting pitching. Their ERAs, look at it. <laughs> you look at the rotation they had at the beginning of the year. Their ERAs are 066, 225, 318, 409, and 0. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't th- see there being any way that that can hold up, but, you know, Green's the closer. He's pitching effectively. He's a guy to ride in the short term. I agree with you that there needs to be an exit strategy with him. I, I think he's a sell-high guy, but I think everybody sees that coming. But at what point, Tristan, if he continues to pitch well, would you consider ranking him among the top, I'll say, 15 relief pitchers? Like, if we're having this conversation in six weeks, don't you have to do it? Yeah, yeah. Because his ERA was over five? I mean, that's just one season. Yeah, the the other thing we have to keep in mind is that when we're talking about the top 15 relief pitchers in this era where we have so many closers by committee, the sheer volume of saves or potential saves for Green, because he is their guy— does have weight and yeah i probably would get there by may 1st if and that's not saying he keeps up this pace for saves it's that if he pitches effectively for the rest of the month and he remains the guy then yeah he belongs in that top 15 who leads the boston red sox and saves this season oh and don't say craig kimbrell i look i thought it was matt barnes i think i still think it is I, do you? Because uh, what happened on Sunday ma- makes it look like it is definitely not Matt Barnes. Ryan Brazier got the ninth because Barnes pitched the seventh and the eighth with a one nothing lead. Now you can say when he started warming up in the seventh, they hadn't taken the lead one nothing, so maybe that's why. But don't you have to say Brazier, who has two of the three team saves? I think you have to. I guess you could, but I I really don't have any takeaways from the Red Sox because I don't think that first road trip went the way they expected. I think they were playing games backwards, and that changes the bullpen roles. And I I don't think until we see the Red Sox start winning two out of three out of every series, I don't think we're going to see what their typical planning is. All right, rapid fire. Any concern about Blake Trinan off of what happened Sunday? Nah, not really. Guys have a lot of walks. That's four walks. He walked. Look, David Robertson walked in a run, and everybody panicked. 
Blake Trinan does it. Nobody does. That's weird. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a fair point. It's just I don't want to panic over one game at this point of the year. I, sh- I probably should learn my Trevor Rosenthal lesson. I understand that, but I feel bad panicking. for that guy, that kid. By the way, uh, Rosenthal just can't throw strikes. They they can't demote him. They paid a lot of money for him. Look, what are you doing with Kimbrel? Are you keeping him in a standard ten team mix? I don't. I don't think he's pitching this month. Do you? And no. Washington, Milwaukee, Boston. He may not pitch this year, people. He may not pitch. That's anyway. pretty incredible, but I agree with you, yeah. This, this is what game. we said about Le'Veon Bell in October, and look what happened. Um, Philadelphia, Robertson pitched fine um, on Sunday, but Hector Neris got the save. Sir Anthony Dominguez is actually the guy that the Phillies brass is worried about. I, I think uh, what we've been saying, no Philly pitcher gets 20 saves. So if and, you want to drop them all, drop them all. And three of them could get 12-plus. Exactly. I think they will. Um, Andrew Miller looks terrible still. Uh, he pitched well, I think, in his last outing, but I, I don't think Andrew Miller gets more than three saves. Do you? I'm feeling like we're headed in that direction. Um, yeah, it, it does look like Hicks, and we mentioned a minute ago with Martinez, as well as Reyes. If Reyes does something in the minors and gets back into that bullpen, there's too much competition for Miller to really emerge. They're going to save him for the key spots middle of the game. I uh, look silly picking A.J. Minter to get saves. He was terrible this weekend. Uh, no Kansas City saves, so we didn't get to see in Kennedy. Any other situations? Swarzak in Seattle. Again, I don't think he pitched this weekend save. So he not, didn't over the weekend. He got a save in his first game off the DL. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to condemn Mil- uh, Minter's potential for saves being fresh off the DL. Just because Swarzak came back and was thrown right in effectively doesn't mean to me that Minter, we can have much of a read over what was effectively four days. So we'll see in those two spots. All right, let's talk about those combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home All right, it says here there were none on Thursday and Friday, but on Saturday, Manny Machado and Jason Hayward. What do you call two homers and two steals? We've done this before. Double, double. Double, double, like they did an app burger, right? Yeah, Ooh. indeed. And it's the rare double like double. It's well, it's rare for him. He stole one base all of last season. He stole yeah. two in one game. Um, for the, for the record, people, I would order it medium rare, but you know we'll, we can call it rare if we like. For for everybody went and added Jason Hayward today. Should they, or is he just what he is? And he had one good game. Uh, and you know I probably should have <laughs> I, I should have gone to to dive into the things like the launch angle a little bit more beforehand, but. From anything I had seen on the surface numbers, it suggested that, you know, it's more likely a blip than a breakthrough. Jason Hayward or Yandy Diaz in your utility spot? Diaz. I agree. Diaz had the combo meal on Sunday. He leads off against lefties and bats third or fourth against right-handers. I'm not saying Cleveland was wrong to trade him for Jake Bowers, but I'd much rather have Diaz right now in real and fantasy life. Give me Yandy Diaz's final numbers uh, for our old friend Leo who moved on. Um <laughs> <laughs> like it's not it's not 20 homers and it's not 10 steals but it's still attractive right it could be 20 homers if they do a little bit of a launch angle project that that's coming if they could elevate the launch angle even just a little bit we're talking about 20 homers easy uh but i would say he's looking a little closer to two remember it was 280 and 12 before i'd say it's more like 290 and 15 to 18 <laughs> Uh, quickly, the schedule um, on Monday night, ESPN has Masahiro Tanaka and Justin Verlander, but you're already rostering those players and pretty much I- I'm I'm keeping an eye on Tyler White. You might think I'm nuts, but he's my starting third baseman in an important league. 
And um, he's, he's starting. I've already seen that he's starting today against the right-hander, which they've not been doing. They've been platooning him with Tony Kemp. Give Tyler White a chance against right-handers. I really think he can still be like Andy Diaz. I think Tyler White can put up Andy Diaz number this season if they just let him play and get 450 PAs. You probably don't agree, but that's okay. Um, I, I actually don't have a problem with that comp. I, I don't think they're going to get there the same way, but I don't think that statistically that's far off. ESPN Plus has Annabelle Sanchez against Vince Velasquez. Who would you rather roster in a 10-team standard or a 10-team roto? <laughs> oh, boy. Please, you're talking about for the rest of the year, not this matchup, because I don't like that Anibal in, in Philly thing. No, he uh, faced the Phillies last week, and it didn't go well. But yeah, like that I, matchup, I like Sanchez Yeah, I agree with for you. the season. It's Sanchez for me here, and it's not by leaps and bounds, but I think it's pretty clearly. I just I don't like this matchup. If uh, if Velasquez has a bad April, he gets replaced in the rotation. I'm I'm quite certain of that. They have other options. They have they have oh, six Dallas man Keuchel. rotation. No, they have a six man rotation at AAA Lehigh Valley. It's not going to be Dallas Keuchel. It's going to be one of those guys who either had a good spring, like what is it, Drew Anderson, or the lefty they have, Irvin. Somebody would replace Velasquez if he doesn't doesn't pitch well. I'm telling you, it's not going to be Keuchel. Um, anyone else here today? Do not use Julio Tehran at Coors Field, people. Do not do that. Um, all right, let's Eric get to Tuesday. Lauer. You like Eric Lauer at San Francisco? I like almost anybody in San Francisco. That that ballpark. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. But Lauer Lauer did have a pretty good spring training. He did have a first good first start. The last one was a little bit shakier. Did face Arizona. We talked about before, but that first game was against San Fran. Tuesday's got a doubleheader on ESPN. How about this? Would you use Matt Shoemaker at Fenway against Chris Sale? I say no. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't have added him in the Vampire League then. I oh man, I I messed that up. Wow, no, I shouldn't have done that. I, and I, mean, I but just you're... wrote that I feel like the Red Sox are going to have a huge week. <laughs> Look, his first two outings, Shoemaker and Jordan Zimmerman are the two guys right now who I would say, where did that come from? And they're both pitching on Tuesday. Zimmerman faces Corey Kluber and the Indians. Kluber's been terrible. And the Indians lineup is terrible. So I can make a case that Jordan Zimmerman, sure, I would use him on Tuesday. But Matt Shoemaker at Fenway, no way. No way. I'm telling you, Red Sox have five games, and this is going to be a big week, and people are going to be off the bandwagon. Matt Shoemaker, Jordan Zimmerman, or Urban Santana making his season debut Tuesday at at home against Tampa Bay. Who do you you want this season? People are adding these guys. This is an important answer, actually. People are adding Zimmerman and Shoemaker, and I don't think they should. And I wouldn't add Urban Santana either. But of these three, do you want any? In a standard 10 team? No, not in a 10 team. For for the season, I want Shoemaker. And that's by a pretty decent edge. Just because if it all clicks... Like we saw the first couple of outings, I think the ceiling is considerably higher. The night game on ESPN is Yankees Astros. Jonathan Lasagna. How do you pronounce his last name? Loyasiga. <laughs> That's it against Garrett Cole. Uh, are you using Johnny Lasagna against the Astros? Because <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I just I'm not going to pronounce it right, so I'm not going to try. Okay, I'm not okay. again. I'm just I'm saying it up front. Uh, I'm not using him for this game, no. <laughs> but <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he's, he's not... Well, the, the the thing that's a bummer here is that I do think there's something to him. I think there could be some streaming potential. But CeCe Sabathia, who's due back next weekend, is going to bump him. Um, Wednesday, ESPN Plus, late, late night. Brandon Woodruff at the Angels. They have only one hitter the Angels have. It's Mike Trout. I think you have to use all your pitchers against the Angels. I mean, Trout can kill you. But I really like Brandon Woodruff, and 
there's no other Angels hitting at all. You can't bat Andrews and Simmons clean up and expect to score a ton of runs. I just don't see it. Do you? Well, I, I'm going to sit Brandon Woodruff against Mike Trout. I, I'll keep him in there against all the rest of the Angels. I am allowed to do that, right? No, you're not allowed to do that. Um, then I guess I, I like... sit him. I, I'm with you. I like Woodruff a lot. There's something there, even though the two first, first two starts were a little bit rocky. Trout. Trout factor. Mm. I'm using Frankie Montas at Baltimore. And poor Chris Davis. Nobody should have to struggle that much. Um, and I'm using Colin McHugh at home, at home against the Yankees. And I think you would, too. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you would. would. Of course you would. I know you. And Nick Margevicius. Marge Vicious. Mar- Mar- uh, Margevicius. Of course. Of course I would say that one. <laughs> um, I can't believe it's pronounced that way. I had to look this up. It's Margevicius. No, is it really? I, I'm watching. I watched his first game, and I remember them saying it's Nick Margevichus. And well, I'm not going to get it right. Just like Johnny Lasagna, this is now Nick Marge from Simpsons. Uh, coming up after this, Kyle is here. We haven't heard much from him, but he's here to read the hash browns. That's coming up after this. Yeah, with all the Porcillo talk early, I figured I was going to stay out until absolutely needed. That offended? I mean, that offended by Porcillo coming up? As wrong as I was on Chatwood, I think I've been right on Porcillo. Can we agree with that? (laughs) No, no, you're (laughs) you're wrong. Who has a lower ERA this season? Hater. (laughs) Don't give me this season's numbers. You know that's wrong. Wait, what? Josh Hater? What did he do? Hater, yeah. You're not a walker? Tristan, um, give me, because there are people in leagues that have to roster this guy. Give me the final numbers for Rick Porcello. Uh, let's be like straight here for a second. ERA, strikeouts, wins. All right. Uh, give him a 185Ks. I'll give him a 412 ERA. I'll give him a 1-2 one, one whip. And I think he probably wins about 15, 16 games. Last year. They couldn't, Slightly couldn't be a more obvious year. buy low. I, I could name 10 pitchers right now that are buy low, and he is on that list. No the, matter, the, no matter the, the hate. This is He's the thing, though. In in our game, in the ten team mixed, the buy low for Porcello, the ceiling is not especially good. So what, yes. like, what discount do you expect to get here? Well, if he's dumped, you pick him up. How about that? He's facing okay. Baltimore this week. The, the, the returns, it, it, he and Eduardo Rodriguez were both start to get. I've got both these guys in our what is it, fifteen teams um, mixed, Roto, and I'm leaving them active against Baltimore this week. Forgive I me the to. weather. Forgive me the weather on this. But five games, I'll say they score at least 38 runs. I say it's five quality starts, and they have three saves as a team. I agree. Three different guys? This is the week they bounce back. Maybe three different guys. No, only two. (laughs) There's only two. (laughs) Barnes and Brazier. Two for Barnes, one for Brazier. I I hope I'm right on Barnes, but, man, it doesn't. If I was objective about it and didn't have shares of Barnes, I would say this is Brazier. But we'll see what happens. Uh, it's also possible no Red Sox pitcher gets 20 saves, just like the Phillies. And by the way, we didn't mention this in the last show, but um, the Phillies and the Red Sox are going to score so many runs this season. This is a deeper dive article for you or AJ or somebody. But I, I find that when teams score, I their their closers don't get a million save ops. This happened with Mariano in a lot of years for the Yankees, where they're winning their game 7-1, to one, not 4-3. to three. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Phillies so far do not have a ton of saves. I think you're going to find that that's part of the reason why high-scoring teams are not getting these save ops because they right. win by too many runs. I haven't done the deep dive on the uh, incredibly successful offenses, but I have seen, at least from just playing the game, that experience, that 
it, it does seem there's a cap on saves for those guys. They do get them. It's not like the polar opposite the other direction where oh, you no. lose 110 yeah. games because those teams win games and they fall into save chances. But they don't save 50, 60 games. If a team wins 110 and scores a ton of runs, they don't save. Their closer doesn't get 50, 60 saves. No, they get 35 to 40 um, is what we found. But it's it like Kelly Jansen... I don't think he's getting 40 saves this year. The Dodgers are going to score too many runs. I know that sounds strange to people listening, but it's true. The Dodgers are winning their games 8-2 to two and 8-3. to three. They're not winning them 3-2 to two like the Rays do every night. Anyway, let's get some questions in here. Can I ask the first question? Is that allowed? Sure. Can I be the first hash brown? Yeah, of course. Eric, I just want to know, like, if you could have one person guarding the wall, do you want Jon Snow or do you want Yasiel Puig with the way that he took on an entire team by himself? <laughs> that guy's nuts. That guy's nuts. I gotta tell you, um, Puig's getting suspended at some point. You, you can't act like that. Um, I can't wait for Game of Thrones. It's next Sunday. I know Tristan does never seen it before, and I know Kyle doesn't know what it is. But yes, Daniel, I'm excited for next Sunday night. Now, will you watch it live or will you DVR it and watch Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN? That's a you know. Ooh. Are you a company man? Oh wow, you really put me on the spot here. I'm going through. I started on Saturday rewatching from season one. I'm going to binge the entire thing. So I've watched all six seasons or seven seasons. Before we start the new one, I'll probably watch no. it live in DVR baseball. That way, we still get the impression, sure. and then I can watch baseball afterwards. But Gaussman versus Bieber, can you pass that up? Oof! Wait, what is your uh, timetable for binge watching? I have a week. No chance. A week. I have no a week to watch chance. six episode, six seasons of hour long, ten episode seasons. Oh, good no luck! Way. No way. And you have a job. So and I have a job. No, no, yes. You can't. Yes, Just sleep. Goodbye. <laughs> Can't I'm totally done. binge watching it when done. it's over. I finally got Mrs. Stad to agree to that. Love it, love yep. it. We're in once that once the whole thing's in the books, we're binge watching it. Yep. And by the way, to be serious for a second here, Puig's behavior on Sunday is part of the reason why I traded him away, Tristan, in our dynasty league because I don't trust him. I don't trust him to be consistent at the plate or to be able to hold his emotions enough to play enough games to stay healthy and to hit consistently. I know that might sound strange from just running out on the field starting a fight, but. That guy's nuts. I, I, he's, I, I don't see him having a consistent offensive season enough to help a fantasy team or a uh, sim team. That's part of the re. I watched that happen. I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. That's crazy. And and by the way, they traded today for Rob Refsnyder, which may be nothing, but That's it also may nothing. mean because they think. That, well, maybe they think. Why would they do that? Like that's like, you know, they have Dietrich. They already have like emergency players like Dietrich and Iglesias. Um, it could mean that they're not getting Scooter back soon. It could mean that... What else could it mean? Um, but they need triple depth outfielders. in order to fill in for somebody else there. <laughs> you know, it could mean that they, they're demoting Jesse Winker, our pal, at some point. Don't, way, don't tell will, me that's not crazy. Puig, going back to Puig, I will say that was a uh, uh, quality rant by Tristan three years ago. So, well done. No, no, we both knew. Like I've but, raised this for years, and I'm like the world's biggest hater, so I got nothing to add to that. I, I, he no, frustrates it's not hating. me. It's, it's, he frust. All right, we still haven't had any, any real questions. All right, Kyle, let's get them. In. No, we got a real one here. Dob takes exception to that not being called a real question. <laughs> that but was a real meantime. question. It's a, it's a real question, but not, you know, not helping fantasy. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. To our fine show. That's all. <laughs> Andrew likes the early returns on Clint. Frazier, namely yesterday's two home runs. Anyway, he makes the roll stick long term, or is this a juice the orange situation? Mm, roll. That was that was Orioles pitching. 
Is it more than that, Tristan? Uh, it, it, over under 350 PAs. I oh, can't don't be a hater on Clint Frazier. Come on. It's Where does he play? Where does he play? Left out. Oh, oh you're falling into the trap. No path to playing. Well, all right, you're right. Skills over role, but I don't see a role. And I'm not I'm not 100% certain in the skills. He did that against David Hess and a bullpen that should be in AAA. David you Hess threw me. six no-hit innings in his first start. He's awesome. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Come on. I did have somebody tweet that his, his velocity was up, so should we believe in David Hess? So the question's being asked. All right, so I, t- I tell you that Clint Frazier somehow gets 450 PAs. Give me his final numbers. 450 PAs, I'll give him 265, uh, somewhere between 19 and 21 home runs, and I'll say he's in the 60 to 65 RBI range. And, and by the way, I'm looking at you now the way Derek Dietrich did after that first home run. Like, just, you gotta be kidding. Um, what? No, I think I think you, Frazier you, could do that, but I mean, now hold on a minute. You gave me a specific PA projection there. I didn't right, say I think he's right. gonna get it. <laughs> I'm not sure he hits for that average. I, I, I'd be concerned about the batting average. The, this, I, I do think he has power, but like I view Clint Frazier kind of the way I do Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals. Big, strong guys who should have power, should have played discipline, but they haven't shown it at the highest level. They did in the mm-hmm. minors. Right, right. And they're not going to steal bases. So like, and playing time's clearly an issue for both of them, <laughs> unless they get dealt to a team that's not, you know, trying. I, I just, I'm not sure I see it. I think there's so. more all or nothing in O'Neill's game of the two of them. I think there is the possibility that Frazier could contribute up to 10 steals for you. There's a little difference there with that. And you're right that there isn't a path long-term for him to play. But what if he has a good two weeks? The Yankees have uh, a DH spot open. <sighs> yes, they do. But when Aaron Hicks comes back, do they just sit Brett Gardner? They're not going to do that. I'm Hicks not is not dead. He's coming back this month. Idea. So, like... You think they would sit Brett Gardner to play Clint Frazier or I, platoon first of all, them? I, I admire your confidence on Aaron Hicks. I really hope so, having shares of him, that he comes back at the end of this month. I'm worried about that injury. And okay. I, I think Brett Gardner is a very good fourth outfielder right now, a very good one to have. I'm not sure he's that everyday guy anymore. There are all right, well, that's, that's, that's a fair thing. But uh, we saw that the Yankees hired Frazier. But hiring is challenging, even for the Yankees. There's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart – a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place, of course, is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, listeners to this fine show can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, more questions. Alrighty, Tim has to open up a roster spot here, and he's got three guys on the chopping block. Which one does he get rid of? Puig, Inciarte, or Shaw? <laughs> Ouch. That's a tough one. It's Puig. It's got to be Puig. You do not cut Travis Shaw with middle infield eligibility and consecutive 30 home run seasons. What Shaw is doing is what we think Puig could do but has never done. And Inciarte steals 25 bases. And is still leading off for a team that scores a lot of runs. This one is Puig. Yes? 
I, I just, I, I'm amazed that you think that's such a slam dunk. Like, Yasiel Puig was a top 100 pick overall in the preseason. Everybody assumed that ballpark was going to be great for his, his output in terms of power. He was going in the sixth round in, in offside leagues. Not. He was. He was going in the, with, with a six. The first digit was six on his ADP. I'm I not tell dropping you what, him because of, the, because of a slow start. I'm saying you can't, you, you're not, who drafted Puig over Shaw? Nobody drafted Puig over Shaw. Actually, almost everybody drafted Puig over Shaw. No, that's crazy. Why would anybody do – Shaw had 30 home runs every year and is a second baseman. I'm, Why I'm, would you do that? I'm telling you what the ADP told us. That's what the ADP told us. Puig was unquestionably drafted ahead of Shaw. I'm, I, I mean, I'm right, so, it might have been closer. So you, but he, he was – Are my nuts? You're, you're, you're dropping Shaw here? It, it's – no. I actually think it's Ender Enciarte. And I hate to do it, but I think he was the one who was taken last of those three, and he hasn't done anything to elevate his game. If you have to let one of them go, I think that's where you have to go. Okay, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But I, I, I guess if you have enough stolen bases, I mean, he doesn't do a whole lot else. Although, Inciarte could hit, like, 12 home runs. I just, like, what do we think Puig is going to do? I, he, you're right. He was going to, way too high in drafts, and he went ahead of Shaw. But I wouldn't have taken him over Shaw. In but. in fairness to this, I'm, and I'll defend you on this one. I looked at your ranks, and you have Puig last. So I see where you're coming from here. And I think you were right to say that people should not be drafting Yasiel Puig. I I was with you on that. If you listen to Puig. either of us, you don't have him on your team. Puig was tenth round in ESPN ADP. Uh, Shaw was thirteenth round. Inciarte, I don't even see, but I, I, I don't know. You must have been. Oh, Inciarte is 15th round. So maybe it's Inciarte. Okay. You had Inciarte at Freak 109 and 110. Wow. <laughs> They're right next to yeah. each other. <laughs> I am right next to each other. I oh. like him. I like, look, I don't think there's enough stolen bases out there, especially when the, the best guy in the sport is in the DL for six weeks. So to me, Inciarte is a tough guy to cut. But all right, I, let's get more I, questions in. Let's get names. All right, Ben wants to know if there's any reason to worry about slow starts for Devers and both Rosarios, Ahmed and Eddie. Uh, Eddie Rosario's fine. I think he hit a three-run homer off Dominguez this weekend. Um, Ahmed Rosario, never going to hit the top of that lineup, but should be able to be like in Ciarte at shortstop. That's what I view Ahmed Rosario as. 20-25 steals, 275 average, but won't score runs because they bat him seventh. Devers, my concern is that they just give up on batting him third and bat him seventh. But he still would break out. So, again, I guess I'm not worried. Look, I'm not worried about slow starts after 10 games. People are tweeting me about Eloy Jimenez saying I was wrong to say he's great. He's going to be great soon. Don't drop Eloy. Don't drop any of these guys. But you might disagree. They're going to play Eloy. That contract's going to ensure that they play Eloy, so I'm with you on that. I, I think you got to be patient. He's adapting. Do you have any looks. concerns about Eloy? Any concerns so far? He, he doesn't look good. I'm out of my way to watch several of his at-bats during that first week, and he looks either like he's pressing or just hasn't caught up with Major League pitching yet. I mean, there, there's something there that he's he's got issues with that he has to adapt to, and I think he will do that. He's too good a player not to. If you're talking the Rosarios, though, I, for, first I'll note that I, I've got a lower batting average projection for him at Rosario. We're 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 maybe 15 points wide on that one. Um, well, 240. I th- I think he's 250, 260. I, th- I think that's probably the best case for him. Um, okay. I, I, that's fair. I mean, Devers. I'm, Devers, I'm not Devers. as high. I love Devers. I don't know why I would change. You trade that for Devers right now, don't you? 
Yeah, that's Absolutely. the thing. Absolutely. But 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 Eric, your point about the number three spot in the lineup did have a lot to do with his batting or with his uh, fantasy potential. And if he loses that, and he starts losing games against lefties, for example. That changes things. There's further, there's further for him to drop than it is for Rosario, who gets you steals. That's fair, but all Devers needs is a series against Baltimore pitching, which he gets this week. The other thing is um, they had a DL Brock Holt. Dustin Pedroia is coming off the injury list tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So Eduardo Newt, but I can't imagine he plays more than every other day for the next couple of weeks. I, I, Eduardo Nunez could face the lefties at third base, but... How can Pedro like I guess platoon Devers and Pedroia and play Nunez every day? Is that happening? Or they could do a three man rotation. Yeah. Do you want Pedroia or are you? No, not really. I mean, I th- I think there there's situations where you might need him as a plug in. I'm not I'm not actively going to get him. Saturday spread wants to know if Yandy Diaz or Christian Walker is the better play the rest of the year in an OBP head to head league. Oh, <laughs> I do like Yandy Diaz for on base percentage. Look, I I, sp- I actually spent a dollar on Christian Walker in NL Labor the first weekend of March, and people thought I was nuts. I didn't know Jake Lamb would get hurt, but I knew Walker would play and hit. But I don't if you if you give Christian Walker 450 PA, 260 with a 310 on base, I don't think he's a good on base guy. He might hit 28 home runs. Diaz won't. But I think I would take Diaz here. You, by the way, I think you bought him. You deserve more credit for that for buying him. I, I, I did. I don't think you waited until oh, late. Oh no, that was not a reserve. You you that bought him reserve. in the that auction. Was like, and and I, I loved did. it. I loved that move. I'm pretty sure that was your last guy. And I remember thinking that I loved that. Buy. Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't my last guy. That was like actually the middle of the auction. I was really? like, I can get this guy in here now. Nobody's going to take him from me. Nobody bid me up. People were like, Who is this guy? They, I, a couple people in the room were like, I don't even know who that is. It was not yeah. at the end. Wow, I'm yeah, yeah I'm surprised. I like that one. But like uh, he can he he could fall apart too. Like this is not a you know a guaranteed guy, right? But I would take Diaz. I would take Diaz. Yeah, there's, I think there's more of a, a role, a commitment to a regular role for Diaz. And as you said, there's a significant advantage for on base. Yeah, it's more than role; it's skills. He's an on base guy, Diaz. Okay, next. Alrighty, Matt's looking for a 2019 projection for Tatis. He's got a league in which he can activate him this year and lose a year on the back end or keep him in his minor league system now and activate him later. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yep. That's like, you know, when you have to decide if you're Duke, if you redshirt the freshman or lose a year of eligibility. That's, and, you know, that's cool. By the way, I got, we both got Virginia tonight. I saw yep. uh, in the pool. Neither of us going to win, but uh, you will end up beating me because we both have Virginia. Um,. And the offer on Tatis in the Vampire League, which we should I should mention it. You tell me, would you do it or not? Because both these guys could beat out Tatis in the- in theory. Yep. Uh, Dansby Swanson plus plus Jerks and Profar for Tatis in the Vampire. Ooh. Uh, you do that if you're me. I'm not doing it, but like, I th- I think based on what your team is and what your strategy must be, that's a no. And I think it's a pretty firm no. But Swanson looks good. Swanson does, already has three home runs. He looks he looks good at the plate. I still worry about that right wrist a little bit, but um, or actually left wrist. It was the glove wrist that he slid into at third base. But um, I mean, Swanson could be better than Tatis, but Tatis's upside is monstrous. Right. 
And I think that for All most right. people playing this, that's a trade where you give it a yes. But in this league, we, we can't take marginal upgrades. Marginal upgrades are not going to oh, get it Oh, I, I think... In most leagues, you don't do this. I don't agree with you at all. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think most people love Swanson. And if let's give uh, Tatis, he really ought to get over six hundred plate appearances. Okay. He's not going to lose playing time to anybody, right? Six hundred PAs, two seventy, twenty-two home runs, twelve steals. Okay, I will up your homers by as many as five. I will slash your batting average by at least great. 25 points. I I oh, can't see him hitting 45. I I don't think he has a chance of hitting over 250. I mean, anyone okay, anyone does. Really? I, wow. The, the 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 contact profile for Fernando Tatis says the batting average is the most problematic category. That's the only issue. No, I, I agree with that. Okay. But I like your All projection right, in terms of the upside. With 27 homers. Okay. Well, if you think he's going to hit 245, then, I mean, what's Swanson going to hit? <laughs> he's not going to hit much better than that. Right. And Profar should be the best player of the deal. Right, and I like Profar. That's that's part of what I was talking about. But marginal upgrades matter for certain people, and they don't for a team that's got to go. We have to go upside, especially you in a, in a roto categories. And also, I don't want to burn the bench spot. I, I like everybody on my bench now. So, mm-hmm. anyway. All right, last question coming up. Yeah, I got you in a second here. Getting back to Matt's original question, then, if you think oh he yes, has growth, to, I would activate him. You would activate him, Tristan? Maybe not I so would, much. I I actually think I would too. Okay. Uh, you know what? No, what's the danger here is you don't want to get yourself into the position of seeing in July that you made a mistake not activating him and that he was great, and then you only get a fractional year. That's that's a bad move. Win now, and if you lose Tatis in three years, you lose him. Win now. Tend to agree there. We got the last one here from Joe. Wants to know if you like stacking players from a team, or do you want to avoid such a roster construction on anything but the most elite of offenses? I don't try to stack ever. If you end up with too many hitters, and then you get a weak look. Like, I know Boston this week has favorable pitching that they're facing, so they should go nuts. But if if, if Boston has a five-game week, and there's a rain out, you know, J.D. Martinez might not be better than Heimer Candelario, for example. So I try not to stack p- players, hitters. When it comes to pitchers, I don't care as much because they're going to get their starts anyway. Um, but I don't – when it says prefer to stack, I prefer not to stack. And that, I'd agree with you. Is that true in Roto too, Eric? The way you're saying it's more head-to-head, like if you get kind of a light week game-wise, but Roto, I mean, everybody's playing 162. I think it's the same. I think it's the same type of thing, no matter, no matter the format. I remember what was a couple of Aprils ago, Tristan, that like Cleveland didn't even play that week, yep. or Seattle. There was snow there. Snow outs. In yep. Cleveland, and they were, they were going to move the games from Cleveland to Seattle or something, and then like they just didn't play. Yeah. So, look, if you've got J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts, it's no big deal. But if you already have those two, I would have thought twice you know, about Devers, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the construction of your team. I wouldn't avoid it, but like if it's a tie between two players and you've already got three Red Sox and no, you know, Diamondbacks, then yeah, I probably would have avoided, you know, piling up on stacking. No one's the other stacking. thing is they're all facing Kershaw that night. Like Kershaw's probably a better example. Like the Phillies facing Scherzer. Well, if you've got three or four Phillies, that night is going to be a tough night. <laughs> I understand head to head being different than Roto, but anyway, it's pretty significant based on the the gameplay. It's great for DFS. 
It's terrible for head-to-head because of the risk-reward, as you said. And in Roto, I don't think it makes a big deal. And it doesn't matter for Betts and Martinez. Nobody can stack the two of them. I, I mean, unless you're in an auction, you couldn't have gotten them both on your team. Thank you so much for listening to our little show, the Fantasy Focus Baseball. We thank Daniel Dopp for producing and Kyle Soppy for being awesome and Tristan Cockroft, who wins pretty much every one of his leagues. I can tell you it's not every single one. It's not a 100% rate, (laughs) but it's really close to that. It's like 97.5% of leagues that he's in that he wins. No way. No way. I'm just. (laughs) I'm regressing to the mean bad. Uh, please watch all the baseball on ESPN this week, including the doubleheader, and enjoy your college basketball. Only one more game. Congratulations uh, to Baylor for winning the women's title. We'll be back on Thursday with a lot more injuries and superstars and closers and combo meals and hash browns. So get them in. I'm Eric. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.